0: Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Okay, we are ready to rock. Um, This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I am flabbergasted, to say the least, that I am joined <laughs> by the powers of Squadcast and the internet with Amy Award-winning, BAFTA-nominated, makeup and prosthetic designer, Donald Mowit. Hi, Donald. Hello. This is amazing.
1: Well, thank you. This is amazing for me. I think it's well, really important to do these things.
0: Well, I massively appreciate it and let me just say the way we connected was um i had seen that donald had liked the brawn the brave instagram page and i was like oh who's this new person you I always do a wee a wee cheeky look to see who's 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 (laughs) connecting and i was like are you actually kidding me so then i just sent a wee message as i often do to people saying thanks for liking the page and then you kindly messaged back and said you'd listened to some of the podcasts and you would be engaging with some of the stuff. And I was like, well, if, you know, my podcast is called The and The Brave, I've got to be brave. I've just got to ask the question. Right. And you kindly said, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. And now you're here.
1: <laughs> of course. I think it's really important. You know, one of the reasons I think it's important is because as a filmmaker and anybody in a creative industry, I think we all understand how it's a, it's many pieces of a puzzle. That we all get to know one another and through things, which has been amazing to me about Instagram, because it was never my world. I mean, I feel a bit, you know, <laughs> slightly on the mature end of things to be in the world of Facebook. And, but it does a lot and it does what we don't do anymore, which was a sense of, a sense of community, really, in, in yes. artists and filmmakers. So for that, I think it's great. So when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's fantastic. Because I love listening to radio, mm. I like podcasts I television's not the same, so I'm really happy it's kind of uh, was fortuitous that that we would we met
0: yeah, and I, with the name Donald Mowat, I thought there must be a connection to Scotland there.
1: Well, yes, uh, m- most of my extended family still live there.
0: Wow, and you were saying that um your your father. My father comes from Stirling.
1: Yeah, and my mom comes from Calendar. But, yeah, I feel connected to it in that sense. That I mean, through my name, obviously, my mom's called Flora MacDonald. I mean, it, it doesn't get more Scottish <laughs> than that.
0: <laughs> but it's very funny
1: because I think it skips a little bit, and then you come back to it. And, of course, what's interesting about the sort of Scottishness, particularly where I grew up in Canada, was it is very much part of the culture, more so than in the United States.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: And so in Canada, it doesn't—you don't feel that different. Very much part of the Canadian experience. It's—it's it's interesting to me. So when people talk about sort of the immigrant experience, it's sort of from my mom and dad, I think that they uh, now I think would be very interesting to go back to Scotland for them, because it's a very different place from when I was last there. Of when they left in the fifties?
0: Right. Yeah. yeah goodness. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Like I knew, you know, certainly with your name, I thought there must be a connection. And is that why you found the podcast? Is that is that how you found it? I Just
1: think. Even... Yeah, well, I I look at. This, I mean, I I think I really like to see. As soon as I hear somebody culture, arts, it, it draws me in. So it would be kind of if you were an enthusiast of cars, you would be looking. So and also once I heard bra because I know what that actually means. <laughs> so once you see bra and the brave, you're like the beautiful and the brave mm. right and you you know so i feel like if i were to scroll down and i saw something that was remotely connected yeah you see, so you hear a course. word and and yeah and then i watch. i i listened to one and i thought this is very good you know and, <laughs> That's and very kind. it's important because it's come up a lot recently now that we're all basically unemployed massively unemployed uh, yes for a month now is that many of us are are uh, catching up on the phone and saying oh do you remember and what this was like and and we're all having this sort of oral kind of history
0: yeah i mean like in scotland there's a thing where a lot of people reminisce about new year's hug money yes and and what it used to be like oh do you remember the times where people used to chap on each other's doors and we just it just doesn't happen now right. and you know and that's actually my wish for this hugmini that the sense of community comes back you know because yeah. Yeah. we're all on lockdown and you're seeing through the internet you're seeing people are doing their very best to keep that community mm-hmm. spirit alive you know mm-hmm. everybody's doing their bit to do their best mm-hmm. to, to keep that spirit and, and let people know that they're not alone even if they are having to be on their own right right which is lovely so i I really do hope that sense of community like you're saying bounces back with a vengeance when we're all out of this
1: we have to learn something of this
0: Uh, absolutely in terms of um the words bro and brave i think they're very apt for the industry that you are now embedded in and in such an important part of just reading your biography on your website the accolades and the things that you've achieved in your career thus far is just incredible. My question really would be, why makeup?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. People, uh, I think we all look for a creative outlet. I'll, I'll say one thing. Initially, When I, I, was, I really loved films when I was a kid. And I love going to them and and probably saw films I shouldn't have been seeing. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I remember going to repertory cinemas and and I loved all of it. But I really took an interest to the aesthetic of it, the costumes. I really was, it captivated me. And I remember things like in, oh, quite early on, maybe 11 or 12, seeing Barry Lyndon, the great Kubrick film, and being astonished by the way it looked. Which is, you know, for a kid, you think that's an odd thing. But I didn't I, I did know sports. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't really, I was a bit of an oddball probably. And I think that goes out to everybody. Most filmmakers will, uh, whether they're doing makeup or costume or, I think there's a nerd appeal to it. And, and it's suitable for people who are a little bit different. And and it it appealed to me, and I think that once I f- I found theater and children's theater, and my poor mom and dad not knowing what the heck to do with me, um, <laughs> would be it it kept me busy, and I got involved, and, and somehow somebody's mom gave me the makeup, and we were doing some <laughs> some play where it's always children in plays that they shouldn't be, that they're far too young to play. Yes, and. So it was an Avon kit and we did that. And I loved the idea of doing costumes, but of course I didn't really I didn't know how to proceed. I mean, my mom was uh-huh. a person, my father was a T te- I had no showbiz connection. And I think makeup, once I actually saw the names of people on the films, and of course they were all men back then. And when I looked at films of the fifties, sixties, seventies, it was always makeup created by makeup, makeup. And they were men's names. Mm. I really could put this in, like, I could do this. That could be me. That could be me. And, of course, uh, people were not helpful. Really? You know, no, no. And then I I went, you know, little uh, things happen, doesn't it, in our journey. I went to London. um, Oh, maybe I was 18, 19. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Finished high school by the skin of my teeth because I just had this creative thing. So if I got called to work on a play or operatic society that's what i was doing and did yeah of course uh and, and so that's really how i started um by you know working little odd jobs and getting to work on uh, i was very lucky to get to work on a photographer rang me up and said i hear you can do the makeup and i went i guess and, <laughs> and what he wanted was just very natural makeups and i could do that i'd done enough research and how it should look and so I started doing these portfolios and then people would ring me and say oh are you Donald Mowat the one who does the makeup and I was me I'd say 17 18 19 20 and that's really how I started
0: just totally organic you know just that was yeah. just, you're following a, a real passion for something yes just and
1: I think you you have to be dedicated and ambitious and you just decide that's what I'm doing and By 21, I was making my living barely, you know, it was a food on the floor, you know, it's what it was, and so that's it. But I think it applies to almost any creative journey, doesn't it?
0: Of course, just being open and and just willing to work and willing to learn, and yeah, you know, just absorbing it all, I guess, yeah. So was there a particular kind of pathway that then you were on, like, you know, you had decided you were want to go into film or what, were you just accepting, you know, any opportunity?
1: Well, I think it's probably so different now. I do remember, for instance, so I went to London. Um, I lived, I stayed with my great aunt for six months, my Aunt Peggy from Stirling, and I stayed with her for about six months and I got a job actually at Harrods doing the makeup demos. Mm-hmm. Did you? Oh, it was really fun. Um,
0: That's amazing.
1: It was really fun. And I was 19 and I remember taking the tube and I went to work and it was very grown up, you know, mm. but I enjoyed it because I interacted and it really led me to be able to work with lots of different types of people. You know, it really helped me and I started to get some, it was very hard though in the UK at that period, at that time frame. there wasn't much of a film industry. Uh, so I did go back and start and become a junior on some films. Really terrible films, but it was great. It didn't bother me, you know. To get paid to do what you like to do, yeah. Getting paid to work, we should all be paid, obviously. Hmm. But to be paid to like the job and bring something to it, I felt very, very fortunate. But I did take a lot of heat and criticism from people. Uh, You you realize in retrospect, there were many messages being sent by people going, "Makeup." I mean. There was a kind of even disdain for it. Uh, I think it also was a a way to make you work harder and also to show people. I think that's a very Scottish trait in me, is there's a little bit of a a righteousness Mm. where you're going to say, really? You don't think I'm going to do this? I will do this. this. (laughs) Watch it. Watch me. (laughs) uh, So I'm I'm thankful for it. But you don't say anybody wanting to do something, you have to work Hard, and there's a lot of people wanting to crush your dreams. I think when you're young, mm-hmm. I know it was a time, a different time. I don't think we behave that way, and rightly so, with young people. Yeah, because I think today, if you were to tell someone 20, no, you can't do that, you'd get put out. Yeah, but yeah, back then...
0: Absolutely. That took real strength of character then on your part to, to, like you're saying, just to go, no, I'm doing this. This is what I want. I,
1: I think so, yes, I, I think so, because. Well, also, what do you have to lose? I, I mean, what are you going to do? I, like, go back to school? Everybody mm-hmm. went back to school. I just remember people always doing a course in something. And you thought, oh, God, but you're not even interested in that.
0: Yeah. Just doing it for the sake of it. Just, yeah. You had found, obviously, something that you were absolutely spellbound by, just had to be doing it. And then, I guess, having a natural ability. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're doing it and you're doing it well and you're yeah. being hired then yeah yeah it's you know, a boost of confidence there
1: you know I think it's really important that people know that it's not always this you know when people are working hard and sometimes it doesn't pay off you have you know you have obstacles anybody in a craft a creative arts or craft I mean for me makeup it's you know it's integral part of movie making and I understood the, the worth of it. And others do. The actors do. Mm. Costume designers. But I think there were a lot of people that made you feel like it was not a, a, an important job, maybe. Yeah. And that's okay. That's their thing. But it was important to me. And, and there were times when I wanted to give up. And I think it's very important to let people know that. Because I work with a lot of young people through different programs. I do like people to know, no, 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 no. It's not always perfect. Mm. There's a couple of what we call slap downs, you know where you get a terrible piece of news or you've not been chosen, or you're not old enough. I used to be told we'd prefer uh, a girl often was said now that mm. wouldn't be allowed today no but because it's it's shifted. there was a definitive uh message in that uh people who were uh competitive. And I just thought, why would you be competitive with a 21-year-old when Mm -hmm. you're 40? So there were certainly periods of time where I really suffered, where I felt like I can't do this. And then something would happen and it changed all that.
0: I I can't even imagine that you can whittle down the highlights and the pivotal moments in Mm -hmm. your career. But are there a few moments where something did come good for you? after hurdle, you know, and after challenges, there was a moment where someone or something happened or you did, you made a move that just made that bit of difference.
1: You ask such great, such great questions.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) it,
1: It makes you a bit reflective, you know, especially when we're in this time,
0: yeah, a, a lot of people say that actually doing the podcast they find it quite cathartic. Like, I think some people maybe initially are a bit nervous about doing it, yeah. And then yeah. actually after it, they're like, "Do you know that was really nice to look back?" And I am like, "Good, that's that." I need, I want you to get something out of this, you know.
1: It's a bit, and I hope people listening feel it. I particularly people who are worried and and struggling because it is a struggle, and I get that. I, I mean, I would say so. When I first started to work, I remember being not anxious, a bit nervous, a bit cocky. Probably people would say, Oh, that Donald Mowat. I'm sure they said it. And that's okay. Cause you should be like that when you're 20 or 21. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so funny. So I remember working on a film. I, 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 would have been, I don't know, 19 or 20. And there, I, there was an opportunity. And I did go some, to where I grew up in Montreal. I'd come back from London, very defeated, because there was no open doors. And I really, really was disappointed because I didn't know if I should go to drama school, to theater school, to film school. No one would say to me, listen, this is what you do. No one. And I wrote letters to people and colleges in the UK, in Canada. And then I ended up meeting people in a theater company. And that really was the making of it for me, because I met so many people who said, you should try this. And you should call this person, and I did. And then I got on a film, and oh, I was terrible. My first job, oh, shocking! I didn't know anything where the camera was, who did what. But you know, I think my intentions were good, and people yes. recognize that.
0: That's it, right? You're trying. You're doing your best.
1: You do your best, and there You're we're
0: showing words. a willingness to learn.
1: Yes, and of course, but this wasn't—you know—this wasn't the operating theater. No, you know
0: exactly. Nobody died.
1: No. And and so we just carried on. And I think, um, well, long story short, I had a very good friend who was trying to be in the business as an actress. And we met in a restaurant where we both worked waiting tables. And I, I loved it because I also met people there who said, oh, there's a jazz singer coming and she needs someone to... So I was getting the costumes and doing this and yeah. really kind of a hustle, right? Totally. And my friend Leslie Hope got cast in a film, uh, a small Canadian film, and then she was taken to Los Angeles by John Cassavetes. Can you imagine? Right, here. And then I went to visit her, and I think that's when I really saw, Like, we I went to a few auditions with her, and I saw this is a real industry and got the resume and, and really started kind of promoting and doing it. But we had taken these test pictures, so I I won't bore you with all the details, but we did these test pictures. And I remember in my mom and dad's basement in their house in Montreal, and it was a chair with a big rattan, very 70s back.
0: Yes, I used to have one of those. Remember
1: those? So I I did my friend, Leslie, I I made a kind of a, a sort of a frock and pulled the hair back and did this very simple makeup. And about six months later, my friend, I can't even remember, Richard Katz maybe he took all the pictures. We used to barter. You take the pictures, you do this. Yeah. And I went to meet people at the Association of Canadian Film Craftspeople,
0: right. 1984.
1: I remember this on Britain Street. Wow. And I went in and I showed these pictures in my portfolio. And the man looked at me and he said, did you do that? And I said, yes. And he said, what have you worked on? And I couple of th- little projects and he said okay he said you know i know somebody who might be interested in this and i got sent to meet a wonderful woman a makeup designer uh who was doing a production of Anne of Green Gables for the CBC a co-production and she was looking for juniors assistants and we had to do a test of this makeup and i did it and she liked me and i was hired and i did the background the crowd on Anne of Green Gables So, I'd say that's pivotal, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like seeing the ability there and giving you a shot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And someone taking the time. And that led me to other things. It got me onto the fly. And the fly was such a major prosthetics makeup and being the junior. And those people were very kind because they recognized me and they thanked me on the Academy Awards. So, there I was with my auntie in Australia and my family in Stirling. And in calendar, her Donald Mowat. So it gave me this ability to say, you know what, I'm, this is what I do. And the people on the fly, Chris Whalas, Stephen Dupuy, Margaret Becerra, they were icons in the industry. And I think that they took me and gave me an opportunity, even though I screwed up a lot. Haven't we (laughs) all. Yeah, but, you know, I think in certain environments, when you work in something that's so obvious, Hmm. The people go, he's not ready. or And then that starts a little bit. And you have to stand up to them and, and yeah, yeah. keep going. But I would say that really helped launch me.
0: That's incredible. And then yeah. fast forward, the career that you've had thus far is just, I mean, I was reading your biography and I was just like, incredible amount of work and just working with, you know, some real greats, you know, the prosthetic side is another world as well. Like working in theatre, I've been privy to, to a certain extent. I just find it fascinating. What is the creative process? How do you start to to design the makeup for mm-hmm. a particular character or film?
1: Like anything, every project presents its own challenges and you know I, I work with a director sometimes i am hired by the director sometimes by the producer sometimes yeah. from the actor so when i started was a bit different because i worked a lot in television which was very quick and very uh, it, uh, i would say fast but also it was a great training ground because you learn to work on restricted budgets and i think that gave me uh an ability to think quickly on films, what I generally do is I'll read something or if I'm sent something, I'll, I'll read it a couple of times just to get my head around it. And if it's something I can, if there's something for me to do, there are some films where the makeup is, is it's like films that don't have much costume or much art direction. It's a fair thing to say. You know, there's films that you kind of go, ah, uh, it's a great film, but it's an actor's film or it's this or it's. Yeah but I want to work on films that are all, and it covers it all. Mm -hmm. It's got elements of costume and makeup and Mm -hmm. hair and set design. And I think you're creating a world at that point. And other times I'll go onto a job and it's sort of this ongoing struggle where you'll be, um, where the makeup, there's a central character with a makeup change or a significant thing. And then that attracts me. So. I usually work like that. I meet with the director. We talk a lot. uh, Then I'll start to look at things like a script, a shooting schedule. I'll start a a budget, manpower. Um, It's actually quite a lot. And it's grown over the years because the films are more complicated. I shouldn't say complicated. They're different. It's a different business. But you're also in charge of health and safety. And your crew and your team, people don't realize that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So in any supervisory or design capacity, uh, but certainly as far as if I took the script and went, okay, these are things. And the director will inevitably have a list of things saying this is what we need to go through. And then mm. the actor comes in and the director of photography and the costume and, and and hair. And we all kind of, if I'm overseeing, I mean, like Dune, which will be out later this year. I mean, I'm overseeing prosthetics, makeup, hair, three kind of departments under yeah. one. yeah. And it's a huge challenge, but it's also a director I'm familiar with. Great. We've done three or four
0: films. Well, that's it. it's the skill of being able to work with all sorts of people as well and, yes. and get inside their head. You yeah. know, it's the same You know, in terms of me for choreography. If I'm working yeah. with a director, it's, it's trying to, to bring out what is in their head or that they didn't even realise was in their head. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. I mean, I, I think w- what I enjoy the most is being able to present things I know they don't want.
0: Got you.
1: Yeah. And it's it's always worked for me for some reason, Mm. particularly with people I I like to work with, because I'll make a choice to work with a director I'm interested in working with or who's interested in working with me. And and it's ultimately his or her vision. I mean, that is in the end, as you know, that is the ultimate. And and so when I go to one of my directors and say, well, you know, do you want are we doing real period? Are we doing stylized? Are we doing? And costumes, and then I think you have to balance where it can't be all the elements because then you're overtaken with visual things. Mm. And, and I like to work based in reality. And, and so that's brought me to things like Sicario or Prisoners or Blade Runner. And I love working on those jobs, I love it. So I, I, I'd say every, but every film is different except to say that you develop your style, that people go, mm. that's how he works. And either they like it or they don't. So yeah. it may not be called by everyone. I don't work on comedies ever. Oh, okay. No, and I don't like to either. The the one right. I've been on one or two, and I didn't like it. It's not for me.
0: Fair enough. It's nice that you you know that about yourself and that you're able to make that decision for yourself. No challenge
1: for me. It, right. It's it is what it is. And then another type of character in a comedy might be a full on kind of a prosthetic creation, at which point that's not in my wheelhouse. I would either hire someone or bring someone in. So they may as well do the job.
0: So many times that the people that I speak to, you know, and I've approached them because I think they're amazing at what they do and they seem really passionate about it. And they talk about these pinch me moments. Have there been moments where you're like, this is, this is mental. This is what I do for a living. Well,
1: you know, it's funny. Yes and no. I think, um, I've been in moments in my career, particularly when I was younger, it doesn't happen as often. I don't want to say I'm jaded or cynical. (laughs) I, I don't think I am. But people might say, yeah, a little bit. You know, sometimes you'll be on a film set, and it all comes together. And you'll have a moment of kind of clarity. And I'll be on a set and go, Oh, my God, like, it doesn't happen that often. Okay. I hate to say it. I don't want anyone. No, but to that's nice it then. It makes with. it.
0: It means it. It means it's all that more special than if it's occasionally.
1: Well, <laughs> and there are other people who go, "Oh my god, it's a." Now maybe that's happened to me being in America for too long because there is a sense of that sometimes where people right. overhype, and I understand yeah. it. You
0: have to mm. do it
1: for your own psyche.
0: Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I wonder if that's the difference between Scotland and. I would think in so. And work in America, yeah. I think we, we are very self-deprecating here and very much lay it down. Yes,
1: uh, yes. I, I, I think I,
0: that's where the imposter syndrome thing comes a lot in Scotland. I think people are just very much like, oh, no me.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of that. I have some of that in me. I think also in – it's a thing. And, and certainly I've been on projects where, you know, it's it's okay, it's fine. And that's, it's great because as you get older, you realize it, not everything will be that. But I'm mm-hmm. very proud to say most projects, most, I would say 98% of the things I've worked on, I look back fondly upon. Great.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's a success in itself.
1: Um, I've had a couple where I went, ah, would I do this again? But, you know, that also includes the fact that we get up very, very early in the morning. We work nights. We work holidays, weekends. I've been on jobs where, you know, I had herniated a disc in my back and it was terrible. It was... Yeah, it's not all
0: the glamour and the (laughs) of filmmaking.
1: And it happened to be not a very good film. And I think on top of it, I thought, what am I doing? And I was just in massive pain and working. But we're very committed and that's what we do. Having said that, I've been on jobs, uh, you know, I could say, I've been on a couple where I walked back to the set and I went, oh, my God. I mean, Blade Runner.
0: that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm thinking. You know, I'm having, putting myself in your shoes, going.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be an HOD on a film like that, to work with a director, I, I ad- I love. I mean, mm. I love him. He's a friend. We've. I don't know. We work together to work with Roger Deakins and his team. I mean, his team. His, you know, his wife James, um, the whole Roger Deakins crew. Mm -hmm. The production design, costume, all of it together, particularly, though, to work uh, having done, you know, Sicario and Prisoners. But you do kind of come to the set sometimes to go, what the? Oh, my God, this is epic. Uh, Roger Deakins has lit this and every character and we've done a makeup on every single character. I've gone to the director to say yes, no, yes, Mm -hmm. no. Everyone has been through my makeup and
0: hair bus. Yeah. yeah, But it's that attention to detail that just that people obviously, if they're not familiar with the industry, they just don't realize what will go into creating every single frame. That's right. And every single look, it just must be so much work. And like you're saying, the hours and the attention to detail and the effort and, you know, just absolute dedication that you must present every time you walk on set and before and after
1: i you know i think you do and then you you have to bring in the the diplomacy of of what i have to do and then the actors yeah. the, the crew my crew there yeah. are challenges as well can i do this can we i think often people and maybe it's people don't always need to know but sometimes i'll be i'll have a challenge for instance uh you'll be in a country say hungary and and working there in the studio at orego studios you're three hours from London, you're 10 hours from Los Angeles and you need contact lenses because one actor is coming. That gets my yeah. heart going. And suddenly mm. can I, but you know, then you learn, you have a repertoire and a kind of a, a little black book of people all over the world that I can ring and say, do we know somebody here? Do we know well, somebody there? Yeah. yeah. But it's stressful. And I would say uh, that makes some films you you become hyper, uh, anxious
0: yeah. to deliver.
1: But you know what? For the most part, we've always been able to. And I'm, I, I love that. And I love the mm. challenge. A very good friend of mine said part of the thing I love about this, and maybe it's true because I can't do mathematics, maths at school. I mean, really hope my poor mom and dad. I
0: mean, me neither. I
1: mean, really poor. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because I thought to myself for someone they said to me, for someone who can't do maths, you can solve
0: a problem. There you go. Well, that's a good one. I'm boring. Yeah. Imparting your wisdom and your knowledge now that you've been in the industry for for the time that you have, Mm -hmm. you know, and you had said that you had been online doing a tutorial and a a class. Is that something that you always intended to do Mm -hmm. to teach to pass on your knowledge, or did it just happen kind of organically as you went Um, on in your career? Do you know,
1: I. I, I, I'm very old-fashioned. There's many things about me uh, people are, are a bit surprised because there is no apprenticeship anymore to speak of. There are lots of private types of schools and colleges, which, mm-hmm. of course, weren't around when I started. And, and I think they're great. They, they mm. serve a purpose. Acting schools, drama schools, dance. But really nothing changes being mentored, being, having someone who's done it, say to you, give that a try. And I guess, you know, also my dad was a teacher, a head teacher, and maybe it's a little bit in my blood. I don't know. Um, I think that when I started, a handful of people helped me and I'm always grateful. We don't always stay in touch. We don't always, you know, but, and I'm very proud of the fact that people who've worked for me, with me, under my, have gone on to become designers and, good ones and one day it can be your competition but that's okay because it means you did a great job
0: absolutely a hundred percent and you don't you probably don't realize that you you know the impact that you are making even if you know you're not doing you know a sit-down class where you know everyone's there for that reason but on the job where you are just doing your job and someone else is witness to that you probably don't realize that in that moment you are being yeah. you know, such a help to, to them.
1: You know, I always think that, and it's something, a lesson people have to learn, and I think it still occurs, where people working with you and your team, I mean, you get the job. So, you know, I think sometimes the designers, maybe it's when we get older, the designers, hair, makeup, prosthetics, I think sometimes the people that come in get opportunities that they're being given. It's kind of a gift that... If I come onto a job and I look for people to come and work with me, then I also expect they will rise to the occasion and support me. Occasionally it doesn't happen and you run into some problems Mm. and personalities, but I always think, yeah, but you need to do this right because if you want to be in my position one day, you need people to rely upon.
0: Yeah, it's a team effort.
1: And I felt that way when I started because I worked with good people who I believe helped me and the fact that i would worked for those people, it enabled me to go for interviews and someone would say, oh, well, you've worked with so-and-so, you know, I think the business has changed as society has. And, you know, I, I know the significance of it and it's not look, of course, it is what it is and it's films and we love it and, and creative things, but we still have to have a culture and a, and a certain kind of hierarchy in it. And I think that's getting lost if people aren't teaching the next generation. So true. Right? And and any of the young ones out there listening to this, I'm not having a go at people. I'm just saying, you know, it's going to be hard for you if you don't learn. If you can't listen to me now telling you that's not the way to do this, you're going to find it challenging.
0: It's like doing this podcast. You know, I'm like, the, the, the amount that I have learned from just listening to people. It's great to talk. It's great to, you know, engage and have a conversation. But sometimes you just need to listen and you need to listen to the advice and you don't know it all. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. at what stage in your career you're in either sometimes. Like you can all learn every day should be a school day. That's right. You know, and and be open to that, you know, as as much as you have experience and you can impart your knowledge and your wisdom. But I, I also have that idea where I can always learn there's always something of to course, learn. Of course, You know, and it's yeah. just that exchange, like you're saying, being ready to, to learn, but also be ready to step up to the plate and help other people. That's right.
1: That's right. And I think it's also this thing of not everyone, I mean, I think if you're happy to work and not have the response, I mean, we always talk about this at work, where there are people who are wonderful artists. They, they really are. They're very talented. Hmm. I love having a team where... I know that this one is great with that. I know that this one is great with that. I know that he's great with this and I can bring this together and we come forward as a a team and I kind of represent and they represent me and I represent the director Mm -hmm. support and the cast and the actors. And I think that's got lost a little bit. And and I try to put that through in, in courses that I'm involved with or, with BAFTA crew, which is a program I'm very involved with and it's BAFTA BFI and, and we have it in London. We have BAFTA LA. We have, you know, we're trying to do even going to, well, actually in Glasgow, a few years ago at, uh, for BAFTA Scotland, we did a little something. People okay. Really regardless if it's makeup or costume or, um, uh, uh, new filmmakers could be choreographers, dancers. I think we need to bring them together and then talk about how to, well, how would you structure this? How would you design it or create this? And that people can talk. And, and, and it also gives, the, which is really important to me, the opportunity for new people to meet people. Yeah. Because yeah. I will say that the nepotism in the industry, in a little bit, for me, uh, it wears me out. Because okay. sometimes I, I really think that for a young person, You have to have hope. You have to have it. If you don't have it, what's there to do? So, if somebody were to say, Well, if you do, because I had hope, you did, yeah. That was your fuel. Right. Uh, You might be good for this person. So, it's very important to go to places. People, who work the way I do, the way you do, people who've been journeymen and and actors and dancers need to go to places that students may not be connected in the industry. Not Mm -hmm. everyone's going to go to RADA. No, everyone can go to the AFI in Los Angeles. You do need to go to Glasgow City College. You do need to go to those places and and give some help and offer. And maybe I can hire one of these people
0: one day. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you doing this podcast, you uh-huh. know, you know when you agree to do it, I was like, why? Why is Donald Moet doing my podcast? Mm-hmm. But then it's for that same reason, I would imagine that, you know, you are just happy to impart your knowledge and your experience and your wisdom to others and engage in conversation because you've not forgotten your journey.
1: That's right it's very it's important as you said earlier which i think was a really great point you made about being cathartic and and i think that um this situation we're in it's dire i mean we're not reflecting on that right now and Mm -hmm. it's a moment we can't pretend it's not happening but we look forward and and so i think it is very important to be able to say to people well wait a second right now we're in this Mm -hmm. and there's plenty of time i mean uh, uh, you know, I had a couple films that have been canceled. So, why not be judging the student films for BAFTA? Uh, why not be taking some phone calls of people? I ask many of the people who have come to master classes of mine to uh, email me on Facebook or Instagram if they have a problem because uh, we need a bit of support sometimes.
0: Yeah, and that's just so valuable. People will yeah. just really find so much comfort and so much help with that that i mean that's amazing that you're doing that i really commend you for doing that
1: well thank you i mean i i don't i think it's just a matter of maybe you know you also get to be the right age for it where i'm not you know like when you're younger you think a lot more about yourself and that's normal i mean it's really normal right i think as you get to be 30 years into the business if you can't share a little bit what what was it for
0: you realize the, the, the real benefit to conversing and interacting with other people when you're in this situation?
1: You know, I think it brings us back a little bit to when, you know, I have friends who, you know, no longer around or they've died. I think that it, there was a time in the business that we really talked to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, one of my first, uh, as I know you're, you've done dance and choreography, one of the very first people I worked with professionally was a wonderful dancer, from Canada called Margie Gillis okay. she was the first Western dancer to go to China mm. and, and you you must look her up. She was really mm. known for dancing to Marian Faithful's broken English. Uh, she's spectacular, uh, mm. very interesting. And I went and did something with her once. And I remember being so inspired by, I don't know a lot about dance, but I mean, I love it. And, and, it was a type of modern dance that, of course, now is commonplace, but there were mm-hmm. there was something about uh, getting to meet her, again, through doing some amateur theatre, but I met this kind of iconic, really, I mean, her brother had danced with the Paul Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. She was really a big deal. And so when I think back, we did have more conversations. Now, between emailing and phoning and texting, Um what I call the old timers, which would now be me. Um, <laughs> when I think of my friends, when I started, the actors that used to talk to you, oh, my God, the stories were fantastic. We don't do that anymore. Right, okay. I, usually I'll work with a great actor that I love to work with regularly, and they'll call me up. And, but when I started and when I think of people that I knew, we really talked. We didn't do Facebook, we didn't do Instagram, but we would talk in the makeup and hair chair of what was happening and politics and family and life. And because, you know, we set the tone for the day and I do like that. And when, when I'm working, I try to keep the trailer. I try to keep some of that. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And the young ones laugh because I still have CDs and things yes um, that's <laughs> what it was you see that's what we did i'm going yeah 30 25 years ago and the people i worked with when i was coming up uh um you know a few are around but you start to think gosh what would she have done what would he have thought
0: about? yeah um, i think it's really important because the industry you work in obviously the many people that you were working in with and the different rungs of the ladder that they're on in terms of their career yeah. just that trust that gets built when you have like a, a nice conversation with someone where it's not just business. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how are you? And what do you think about yeah. this? Yeah. And just putting them at ease, especially in what you're doing. They're sitting yeah. in the chair, they're, they're exposing themselves. They're having to be of vulnerable course. to a certain extent. They're hoping that you're going to make them look good.
1: I, th- I think it's interesting because sometimes, you know, it's changed as well. Actors have changed, styles have changed. But the, I mean, essentially the, the craft, the art is the same. And so, you know, people have, the attitudes of change. You know, we never, I don't know what people would have thought of people on the phone while they're getting their makeup done. Yeah, oh,
0: well, yeah, yeah, of
1: course. I, I, I mean, I, I think, I don't know what people would have thought of that. I mean, that's like sort of chewing gum while you're talking to somebody. I don't know what people would have thought that you were having something done and you were on the phone or you were FaceTiming with I your... never
0: thought of it that, that, yeah, that's...
1: And I wonder about it sometimes, because we used to really have, uh, and I do still work with people who it's like that. I mean, and that's mm. why I like working with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bouncing
1: ideas, or somebody will say, hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, people rehearsing or doing their lines, or it goes both ways. I've seen makeup artists that pick up the phone while they're making somebody up. But, you know, I'm hopeful because, uh, I mean, I worked last year, I spent eight months on on a phenomenal project, which is coming out later this year, Doom. But, uh, you know, some very young people in that, Timothy Chalamet, and that uh, reassured me that there is another group coming or Mm -hmm. present that are very good. Great. And that made me very happy.
0: Yeah, but you continuing to operate in the way that you do and the environment that you create, Mm -hmm. that will teach people how it should be done and what the benefit of... For sure. Engaging with other people and not sitting on your phone and having a conversation yes. and and being part of the discussion, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, No, of course. And it does come back. And there's a point where I think things do come back. Uh, uh, but it does have to be said and taught and told a little bit how to survive the industry, because it is tough. Now, you see, the mm-hmm. whole world are freelancers now. And so yeah, being yeah, yeah. a freelance is is people who started freelance without pensions and benefits and and uncertainty everyone's living that right now so i think it's it's maybe brought people to a sense of oh i get that like that's how it is in the us it's particularly challenging because it's it's a, a you know it's a culture and that i love and it's been very good to me but health insurance i mean it's a challenge yeah. that having come from a commonwealth country like canada it was never you know yeah a concern you know? Now, yeah. you, you know, I mean, I have to just, I love a bit of trivia that the Canadian Medicare system was created and passed through Parliament by a Scot, by Tommy Douglas. Really? Mm-hmm. He was the leader of the New Democratic Party. So I think that, you know, I've, look, I've loved going to work in New York and LA and London, all kinds of places. It's a, a privilege. It's really a privilege and honor to get to work all over. But you do kind of go, but in the end, what really matters? Yeah. I, so I feel this sort of affinity, I guess, for Britain as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we get older, we reconnect a bit. Because, you know, that thing of being like, what am I? Am I Canadian? Am I American? Am I Scots-British? Yeah. Because yeah. that question, I always, th- I always feel like wherever you went to, it's a strange thing to say, I think wherever you went to primary school, is where you are from. Okay. It's a strange thing, and I might get in trouble for saying that, but I do think because, really, it's also not about your accent, as you know, because people say I have an accent. Uh, I don't have a – I mean, California is a very neutral American accent. Canada has an accent. Obviously, Scotland does. Mm. But I know the very different Scottish accents. Of course. Which yeah, yeah. It's funny because I'm used to it because my mom has – She's got a, a more pronounced Scottish accent, but it's a very specific one. Mm-hmm. And my dad, not so much. And, and so it's different. And then I, mm. I hear it. I know what it sounds like up in the highlands. Certainly in the parts of Canada and the U.S. that accents are more distinct. I've had this conversation a lot with people because, like, what makes you? I just think, you know, my, my parents and my grandparents were all from Scotland. But I wasn't raised there. I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. With my grandmother. And so I, I would say, um, you know, coming from Canada, also from Montreal, that's half French, half English. Yes. And with a very strong Scottish base. Same with Toronto, which is the Queen City. And Toronto reminds me a lot, a bit of Glasgow. Really? It's got that, You'll, it's in everything. I mean, it's Pipers, it's everything military. All of that sort of Scottish mm. is... Part of that,
0: yeah. I used to work for a Scottish dance company, so it was my kind of remit to. Kaylee dancing wasn't very cool in Scotland in schools. Kids didn't want to Kaylee anymore, so it was my remit to try and make Kaylee cool again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you? <laughs>
0: I, th- I think I think I did.
1: <laughs> They say that early rap, early early rap, has roots in in sort of Scottishness. I mean, you'll be like, why is this man talking about rapping? Um, I worked for a number of years with Eminem, with Marshall Mathers. And hey, yes. uh, we did a film and t- we worked together off and on for about seven or eight years. Yeah, you did 8 Mile. Yeah. But I remember when they were doing Uh-oh. a thing called a cipher. A cipher is where you exchange insults and at each other throughout a right. uh, rap battle. And I'm okay. told that that comes from the... I'm not a, a scholar on this subject at all No, no, come no, from the markets in Scotland where people would trade these insults, you know, like your mama is that. <gasps> is Love that. And then I was thinking about it and I thought, well, I've listened to that when I've been in a pub and calendar with my uncles and cousins. Right? And I thought, well, there is a sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, away and bell your head die you're talking nonsense. Aye. Maybe there is.
1: Maybe there maybe I love that. is Scottish. I don't know.
0: It's affectionate, but we, we do uh, we we tend to enjoy putting putting each other down a bit. Right, right. <laughs> as much as we like putting ourselves down, to be fair. Right. <laughs> so working with all these people, all these films, you know, all these experiences, and then to be winning awards and be nominated for awards, is that something that you know you ever expected or
1: you know i I think there's a certain i mean to be nominated for something uh and look it doesn't a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about it and we've all been in situations where feelings are hurt and people you know it's it's something the business is a bit occupied with we've all and we've all believe me i've been guilty of it you kind of go oh you know uh, i will say one of the happiest moments in my life and proudest was being nominated for a British Academy Award because as a, somebody of not just my nationality, not just my mom and dad being Scots-British, that's really a thing of mine of being kind of British and raised in a country that's part of a, of the Commonwealth. Mm. Being nominated for a British Academy Award meant something to me. Of course. It was deep. And I was very proud of it also for the films because it's very tough sometimes, you know, just because, I mean, I'll get killed for this, just because you win something or a nominated it does not make you the best. It's the way that worked that particular year that that film happened to get seen by more people. You know, and that's how it works. And I I have deep respect and honor for the Academy Awards and the Mm. Emmys. But it's something I do like to say to people from the outside, because sometimes a film that no one saw, somebody was able to push it and go, you need to see this film. And it it ends up winning the Academy Award for Best Picture or Best Actress or Makeup. Mm -hmm. and.
0: I yeah, it's think, just having that perspective of, you exactly. know, it's lovely to be nominated. It's lovely to win these you know, accolades. You've got the respect for them. But, you know, so. it's the joy is in the work.
1: That's right. And I think sometimes not having it. But, you know, I wish it were, you know, when I won an Emmy, I, I was so privileged and honoured to, to, um, you know, I worked with a phenomenal team and the, the man doing Jason Robards. I mean, you don't do it alone. You don't walk away with this primetime Emmy it helped me tremendously because it was able to get me a work permit. Yes, It did a lot for me. That's why I always vote. I always participate in the Oscars, in the Emmys, in the BAFTAs. Is it time-consuming? Oh, my God. A full-time job. And then you have BAFTA Scotland, BAFTA Wales, BAFTA. We have all kinds of It's fun. a full-time job in itself. <laughs> but I feel because someone took the time to nominate me, I would like to do the same. Because it's really not just about you. It's about your team. It's being able to say to the team, look, guys, we did this. I mean, the actors, when I think of it, just the actors who give you a lot of, uh, of strength and, and uh, you know, recognize, you know, it's a two-way street, really, because even though we're there to kind of promote them, you become very proud of it because you you help do this. And I think when it comes back, so that's when I'm very... I am very happy for the team that we're able to. Once in a while, and not always, and some, I think sometimes um, people do have to be told, you know, this is, you can't start to believe the awards are everything. But I do think that there's a kind of, it's also good manners and good form occasionally to, because God, even, you know, nurses have the best nurse of the year. And a lot of people need to be told. And there's a lot of insecurity. We all, I mean, everyone goes through it. So I think that the, the awards, um, it's important to participate in them when you have, and, and uh, you know, with the BAFTAs, for instance, I think it's, it's really fantastic because you have BAFTA games and you have Scotland and you have different regions that mm-hmm. have needs and films that are different, films that wouldn't be seen. If you don't recognize the people... And I have lo- loads of friends, uh, you know, who do makeup, hair, prosthetics, all kinds of things in, in Britain and in Scotland. But I think if you don't get an accolade once every once in a while, well, it's like getting a, a birthday card, isn't it? You
0: just it is, hi. We only can be while. pat in the back.
1: By the end of the COVID, I think, you know, we need the Oscars or the BAFTAs for the grocery store clerks. Again, it brings us back to kind of community and, and how we work and, and how we see ourselves, but it also can get a bit muddy and and we forget sometimes. So it's, uh, we all need a bit of a wake up call. I've worked on many, many films that were not well received, but I thought they were important. And it's mm-hmm. it's disappointing when you don't see them get a chance to of be course, yeah, nominated yeah. or yeah. the work viewed because it takes it right out. And mm-hmm. it's a bit like on Broadway, not so much in the West End, but in London, but if a if a play or a musical doesn't get a Tony nomination, it usually closes. You know, and that's always been well. So I think so much rides on that side of it.
0: Yeah, and I guess in, in your line of work, you know, and everything that you've done, there's always a takeaway from everything that you do. That's right. I could speak to you for hours and end. Huh. Um, <laughs> um, this is just a total treat. It really is. I, I feel like you're very you're a very connected person, and you're very. The fact that you've came on to the podcast and been so given of your time and your, mm-hmm. your experience, I really do appreciate that. And I think people like you are very, very special because you haven't gotten to the dizzy heights and just forgotten the journey.
1: <laughs> you know, sometimes um, I was told something recently by a friend of mine when we were talking about how we react. We all react differently to situations and how somebody said, you know, some people just can't do that. And I thought about that recently um, because, you know, we have there are things in life that are hard and there are things Mm. that are easy. And and but then you think, gosh, I couldn't really do that, could I? And I think maybe that's part of what happens to people is we get scared. We get Mm. I, I have terrible stage fright and but I don't have to perform. And most actors have stage fright, but they do have to perform. They do. (laughs) And sometimes doing a makeup, I remember somebody asked me once, do you get nervous? And I thought, what a funny question. Because sometimes I do. It's, it's rare, but sometimes it's something complicated. Yeah, yeah. No, or, I understand
0: that because you know, people think you, know, like, you just turn up and do your thing. You're like, no, but to a certain extent, there is an element of performance right. there when you're engaging with other people.
1: That's something we all face because there is a kind of a performance in what I have to do. Uh, to not know the answer, I'm mortified. If you're at a meeting, like when you're on one of those big production meetings and there'll be 75 or 100 people around a table and everybody looks at you because somebody will say, okay, now... What are we going to do for this? And everyone looks at you. And there's always a question for the makeup department. And you kind of think, okay. And sometimes you have the answer. And there are occasional times you don't.
0: And you think, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God, what am I going to do? But I think the perfor- it's kind of understanding the performance. You know, I've been doing makeups where I've dropped something or you can't quite... It's like doing uh, uh, what we call a stipple latex aging, which is a traditional old way of doing aging skin, where you Ah. stipple it on with latex and you dry it. And so you'll pull the head and you'll stipple all of this and create texture and wrinkles. And I remember she was a wonderful actress and we used to laugh and carry on, two of us doing it. And one person has to pull the skin very taut. And you do this with quite a hot blow dryer. You have to powder it. You have to re-stipple it. Then you crinkle it up, you see. And I remember one time getting my finger stuck right there (laughs) and going, Oh, the F word (laughs) and I'm stuck. And of course, if you pull your finger away, you'll leave a mark. (laughs) And I quickly went, Oh my God. And, and got back in, but that's, we've all had to do it. We've all had to save the day. You've had uh, the blight you're putting on, you know, Ryan Gosling is it's not quite something's it's moving. not the way you want it to, or, Something happens and you just, you have to be a quick, quick recovery.
0: But I think it's really nice that you're willing to open up about that and be honest. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's no like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got all the answers and I know it all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I you're think. you're a human. You're a human.
1: <laughs> you want to be fearful a little bit, you know, that yeah. no one ever says they're terrified.
0: But mm. sometimes
1: you are, right? So I feel yeah, like, yeah. and it's okay to say that. I think to people, and certainly the up-and-coming people, it's okay to say no. You don't sleep the night before, no, you don't. <laughs> yes. and 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 it's okay. Don't worry about that.
0: Uh huh. And the yeah. blood that you're putting on Jake Gyllenhaal, isn't he? Might not work, but it, it, you'll figure uh,
1: it out. <laughs> you learn enough because you get put in situations, uh, you know, where you sometimes you're not ready, and that's mm. a horrible feeling. And I think we've also all been there as well, where you're not quite as prepared as you should be. And it's a lesson to make sure you're prepared or do your homework and the research. Yeah, I'm a research maniac. I, I really do the research. I read a lot. I read a lot. Yeah. And because I just like to have everything mm. organized
0: and, and lined At up. At your disposal, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: You know, sometimes people have said, uh, um, you know, I think what we're going through is, is illustrating this. I mean, we really are seeing what's important. Um, yeah. I think sometimes my industry needs a little bit of a, of a shake up because it does get a little bit out of hand. And, mm. but then you think to yourself, well, but still whatever you do, if it's important to you and it's important to how we make a film or, or uh, something that those people are very good at what they do. People have worked hard at this. Not everyone can be a social worker. Not everyone can be a nurse, not no. and nor yeah. can we, and you don't want us. That's why I also volunteer if I feel like, okay, well, what can I do in this? Uh,
0: Yeah, I can be of service. Yeah, You know,
1: then be of service in another way. And and that's led me to want to participate. I I hope more people, again, though, if you're not, it's not for everybody. You know, I, I was thinking that one day because it's really gratitude for teachers because when you get a good one, and I had a couple, but not a lot.
0: Yeah, and I remember sometime, like, when I said I wanted to go into teaching, my dad was like, well, we know you can dance, but can you teach? Yes, yes. And I was well, like, I don't know, but I'm going to give it a go and see. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But what's interesting to me is that, do you know, I've, I've gone to teach a few things where I thought, God, Donald, you're not a very good teacher. Um, you can be a raconteur. You can be someone who shows them, do this, do that. But when I think about really good teachers, that they're not necessarily people who've been in the field working mm. and i was really and it's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. you do need the glue and when i think of a couple of teachers i had um in school and there were a couple they were remarkable at what they did i don't think they would have excelled in another world as a,
0: yeah.
1: a painter or I had a very good art teacher once and so they should have the Oscars for teachers.
0: But I guess they're there but we can all be a type of teacher and, and telling stories and telling yeah. our story. And that's mm-hmm. what I think you know, this podcast is doing for me. I might not be speaking to people who, who are out there teaching their art, you know, or they're not doing their passion as their job. It's maybe just a, a hobby. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. hearing their story and hearing about their passion, that teaches you something. You know, so just storytelling I think is a, a great way. Yes. To, to teach other people.
1: That's right. Well, and people find something they connect to. And that's, I guess that's the most mm. important thing because we don't, that's something we don't have. And I miss it. I mean, it's like having radio plays, right? That yeah. Now that that's not really part of the culture anymore, um, podcasts have, have replaced that to some extent. And yeah. that's a very good thing. Um uh, mm. Because if people aren't going to read, and you can't do everything online. You just can't. No, no. It's a bit like researching. When uh, people have asked, like researching a film, because I always do these boards. It's kind of a mood board. and Each, you know, the costume department does it, the production design. But I will put together different images for a director, and he or she will do the same. And then you kind of look at what he's presenting, and that gives me... An idea to go well if that's what he's looking at I'm looking mm-hmm. we're, we're in two worlds here it's yeah. now we're into apples and oranges, but then we kind of come together a little bit we're all mm-hmm. saying, well, if you like that, what about this? so I don't know tribal tattoos for instance and then'll oh, i oh and I'll research and go to the library or pull a book and then it is something he's looking for and we help kind of charge each other's Battery somehow, where we go, Wait, wait, Absolutely. wait a second. You're on to, yes, that's what I want. Yeah. It's this. And that's kind of something you can't teach, but you can talk about in a way that people go, I know what he's saying.
0: Yeah. This that need to communication, try that. isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Just as before we finish, I, I ask all my podcast guests what their favorite Scottish word or phrase is. I'm sure you know your fair share of Scottish words.
1: Well, I mean, I do. I'm just trying to think because I'm very bad. I can't, I'm not good at the accent at all, which is so. Well, That's no, is. But, you know, <laughs> have you ever heard the expression, I don't mean maybe? Or like, Denny, what are yourself? Yes. That, I feel, I kind of like that because it's sort of, there's a kind of, uh, it's not a put down, but there's something I find comforting uh, about that is to just, you know, don't worry. I'm trying to think of some other ones I've heard over the years. Some of them are quite rude, actually. (laughs) But I think something like the... I think there's something about that I quite like. Because it's it's a telling off, too, isn't it? You're telling somebody off, but it's also... uh, Yeah, I think it could come in handy for a few things. And it's not (laughs) rude. I think that is kind of in relation to American, where you might say, also you could say to somebody... You know, stay in your
0: lane.
1: Ah. And I've always loved that is stay in your lane. There is a, a thing because there's something in that kind of assuredness and righteousness sometimes. You know, I, I could say to somebody, everyone's an expert. And mm. people get out of their lanes a little bit sometimes. And I think that's what I liked about that was like, No, 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 you don't worry, no no. So maybe that's it.
0: Love it. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, Donald. My pleasure. This thank you. it has been you. a total joy. You are certainly broad, brave material that I couldn't even have imagined that Donald Mowat would end up being on my podcast. But this oh. is the the joy, you know, being self-isolation, I guess. There's,
1: sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. got to
0: find the, 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 the positives, and this certainly has been one of them for me. So thank you so much.
1: Well, my pleasure, and you're welcome. But thank, no, thank you, and I think you're doing something that, you know we have to encourage as well and and it's very important you're doing something and it's great it's fantastic
0: you're very kind thanks
1: thanks for having me
0: i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the brawn the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now